This is the Epilogue audio experience. Hey, uh, hey there everyone. Uh, thank you for tuning in for today's podcast. We have Rohit Subramanian, a.k.a. The Lone Wanderer with me today. Hey Rohit, thank hey. you and welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you so much. Uh, uh, yeah. So Rohit, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Uh, hi everyone who's tuning into the show. My name is Rohit. Uh, I'm a motorcyclist or I'm a traveler by profession or uh, I'm a nomad for a, for, for a living and I dream for a living. I think this is what I do for a living right now. Uh, yeah, a small town guy. A small town as in I say Chennai as a small town because okay. <laughs> we're sitting in Mumbai now. <laughs> okay. But yeah, born and brought up in Chennai, moved to Bangalore, now traveling around the world. I'm on a world tour of 46 countries. That's okay. how it started. But now we're on a world tour of 196 countries. So okay. Wandering, discovering, doing a lot of things every day on a day-to-day basis. So. Wow, I think uh, you pretty much perfectly fit the bill of uh, you know who I wanted for the podcast. Okay. And I've, I've been looking for people who are following their passion because uh, we live in an age and time where everyone is afraid to do what they do. Yeah. So and I I feel that uh, till till now amongst the people you have met, uh, people I have met, you're one of the most uh, you know strongest persons I can say, okay. and also the one that I've been most moved interacting with. So, uh, and uh, you know, I can't believe that it was just a couple of hours back that I called you and you already agreed to meet me and you know, things are happening. I'm pretty reckless in life basically. (laughs) (laughs) People think I'm busy or not, but I'm definitely not. And uh, uh, thank you for saying that uh, all those things that you just said. Uh, I mean, I'm happy to be what I am and I'm happy to like inspire you or like tell people what I'm doing. Right. I don't find myself inspirational. I look at my story and I laugh at my story every day. I think if people (laughs) should have a laugh, they should come to my story. So, that's what I feel. Yeah. Right. Right. Can you can you tell us, uh, you know, how how you were brought up and how your upbringing has molded uh, who you are? And you also talk about uh, you know celebrating failure in your TED talk. Uh, so can you elaborate a little bit about that too? Uh, upbringing was very very unconventional. My parents actually performed a social experiment with me. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I call that. Uh, so the thing is, uh, when I was growing up, there were three rules at home. Mom had two rules, dad had one rule. So mom's first rule was whenever I used to get zero in any subject, she used to buy me whatever I want. So I got a new jacket, a new denim, a new PlayStation and my first motorcycle because I got zeros in exam. Uh, my mom's philosophy was very simple. She knows a person who knows nothing is the most uh, amazing state to be and she was happy that her son was that. And whenever I used to fail in any subject, my mom used to take me out for dinner. She says, uh, let's start celebrating failures rather than being whining about it or you know crying about it. Because it's happened, failure is inevitable. Let's start celebrating it. Right. You know, that's rule number two. Dad had only one rule. He said, you get anything more than the passing mark, that is 40, right. you're not allowed inside the house, you know. So we never used to, uh, we used to have youth fights at home. If I get 90, 95 and all, I used to have like major fights at home. He never used to allow me at home. Okay. So yeah, that's how the upbringing was. And uh, it's very unconventional, I think. I don't know. I've never seen any of the other parents try this sort of thing. Yeah. They, they, they performed a social experiment and uh, it worked. It worked on <laughs> <in> their favor. <laughs> so yeah, I'm here what I am because of them. Okay. Uh, owe a lot to them. And, okay. And then, yeah, so that's how the whole journey has been so far. That's awesome. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about you know how you were all you were aiming to get 40 and you were getting 40 and how school was not challenging for you like you mentioned. Earlier. Education was not challenging. I mean, uh, school was fun for me. School was about to go meet friends, you know, play cricket or uh, listen to good music, sort of thing, or okay. interact with good teachers. You know, learn everything apart from what is going to be taught on the blackboard. So I focused on everything else. Okay. Uh, I was uh, not bad at education, uh, okay. but I was, that is not challenging me, or that is not in, uh, you know pushing me to limits. Okay. So what I started doing was uh, when people tried getting uh, getting hundred, 
and tried getting only 90 or 95 uh-huh. i didn't push myself there because there was too much of people crowded there right. i said let me get only what everyone else wants exactly so I, I never wanted to be following the crowd i said let's focus on the other side and uh, let's try getting 40 okay so what i used to do is i used to write exams only for 40 marks okay because i don't want to write 50 because that's like once again the uncertainty is there right you should not have the thing saying that yeah, I'm writing for 50. If I lose even 10 marks, I'll get 40. Okay. I didn't want that. I write for 40. If I get 40, otherwise I fail. You know? Okay. I like, like I like to live life on the edge. Okay. You know, if it happens, it happens. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. Okay. So, I think that's how it happened. So, I tried a lot of times to get only 40. Like, write, write the examination paper only for 40 marks. Okay. Try getting that, nailing it. In my in my terms, that was 10%. That was okay. 100 out of 100. Correct. But, uh, to the world, it wasn't. You know, okay. The world, they said, Rose got 40. Okay. He barely I, I passed. Yeah, he barely passed. But the thing right. is, I attempted only 40 and I got 40. So I think that is more than, you know, being barely passed. So okay. I was I was happy with that. And uh, it got me contentment in my life, I think. So okay. I was contented with what I had. I was not expecting for more. I was not competing with anyone. There was okay. no greed. There was no anything, you know. Hmm. These are the things that I kind of like did different when I was growing up. Okay. Because uh, this shapes you a long run, right? Right. So there was no competition. Okay. You were not part of the rat race. I was not. I, there, was no, there was not even a race. I mean, if, if, if I have to do something, if you have to start the race, if people right. are running this side, I was running the other side. No, I was running Correct. the opposite side. And uh, it worked out. I, I, I hope it worked out. Right. Happy to be where I am and doing what I'm doing. And, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, you used to tell me that uh, your mom said that you are, you know, be like clay. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, so, my mom always uh, used to tell me that uh, I'm a clay, you know, like a raw clay. It is not about uh, anything else. I'm just a clay. Okay. So she said that you can be molded into anything. So I don't want you to mold into uh, something that I want to become. I want you to be who you are. Okay. So yeah, she she just said you can take any form or any shape. That kind of like also relates to the quote that Bruce Lee always used to say. Right? Bruce Lee says, "Be water, my friend." Right. Right. So my life I always attribute to being water. So I can take any form or any shape and keep moving on with the flow. So. Okay. Whenever I see any river that's flowing, I always get love to see the flow of the river. Okay. My life is a flowing river. I keep going. Whatever comes on top of it, I take it. Someone has to get dropped in it, get drop it. Right. I keep going. You know? okay. That's the beauty of life. Always keep moving forward. Always keep moving. I don't know forward or backward. Because <laughs> in the race, I was running in the backside. <laughs> correct. So I think in life, uh, I've, I don't know whether in the, I'm going forward or backward, but I'm going. So okay. happy about it. Okay. So you, you mentioned that you're traveling the world and you're biking and everything. So how do you fund it? And how, how does that work? I'm one of those guys who travel for a living. So I get paid for traveling. Okay. Place, which is uh, funny enough. A lot of people are going to laugh at that. But <laughs> I generally do. I, I do one more interesting thing is that I grow a beard and I get paid for growing a beard. <laughs> yeah, the sponsor hasn't paid enough money. So I'm not revealing the name. But <laughs> no, but on the other side, uh, uh, I the funding started in a very simple way. I was running a crowdfunding platform. Okay. I was an entrepreneur because that was a cool thing do in college. Right? <laughs> so I think in 2012, uh, to impress girls, you used to learn guitar. In okay. 2013, you became a stand-up comedian uh, to impress girls. And in 2014, you didn't know what to do, so everyone became an entrepreneur. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's a funny story why I started being an entrepreneur. But having said that, yeah, it's a crowdfunding platform Okay. creative projects. We want to switch to travel crowdfunding. Okay. Uh, so I got enough money to basically travel. Okay. Uh, looking at that branch came into picture and said, you, you made people to contribute on you. You might as well, like, come and promoters and sell us you know? okay so yeah i was a sellout at some point i think but i, <laughs> I sold myself at a very young age so okay i was happy yeah. okay uh, so for reference can we know what age that is i think 21 uh yeah 21 21 is when i started uh, selling parts of my body like beard and <laughs> uh, all the other parts uh, so yeah 21 okay 
because uh, 21 is like really young age and i think that's the time when people would be sitting for placements or going through their you know whole uh, engineering college or you know doctoral college stuff yeah so did you have any of those kind of pressures uh, I, from society i know you didn't have it from your parents all uh, society was uh, keep coming at that i i like i like to i like society for that matter you know okay they still come and tell my parents that your son is not still your son is not happy in life you know nobody really get married nobody get married who's going to give him a groom and stuff like bride and stuff and uh, <laughs> it's funny <laughs> i still laugh at that i mean as a family we shouldn't laugh but okay. uh, society was always there and uh, for me attending a job interview was uh, was something that i always dreamt of okay you know because i never have done that because the first time i started working was for my own company i started my own company right okay i never got an experience of how an interview was okay i used to give newspaper interviews before i started giving interviews for jobs okay so i think my campus placement in my college i used to go in like a track pant and you know a hoodie and stuff and go and <laughs> deliberately not get placed no i really want to see what these guys talk <laughs> because okay. i want to get interview learn how to take interview to go and do it for my company from so the I, other side from the other side correct right? so i used to go there and analyze all these guys and stuff but i also got like a couple of job offers and stuff Okay, but didn't take it. Uh, okay, in me. the pajama and hoodie you got the job. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I, at the end of the day, I said this is nothing. Whatever you wear is kind of like you know, it, it doesn't. It's not relevant all the time. Right. Okay. But uh, it, uh, the societal pressure was always there, and I like to have societal pressures. You know. Okay. Even today, people call me and ask, "Hey, when are you going to start a nine to six job? You know, when uh, are you going to do all these things?" Never. Settle in life. It's funny, yeah. When are you going to settle in life? What is settling? I mean, uh. what are we talking about settling? Like people say that you have to buy a home. I said, I have. I've been to like. So, so far this year it's going to be 11 countries, right? Okay. All the 11 countries have a home. I have people <laughs> to host me. Have places to stay. Uh-huh. I don't like to have that one place as home, right? Okay. Like it's like that bird that's sitting in a cage. Hmm. You give that as a home, it's always sits in the cage. Right. When you set it out of the cage, it's going to fly everywhere. Hmm. All everything is home. The same right. thing with me. So, right. I'm more like that bird. It keeps flying and going out to different places and exploring different things. Okay. But societal pressure. I love. I, I genuinely love. I mean, even if some neighbor auntie or someone is listening to the show, please keep continuing what are you doing? <laughs> I'll be happy to like acknowledge all the things that you're saying. Right. Yeah. But I think more than acknowledge, you've outgrown whatever they're saying because you're not, you know, you're not like a typical definition of that guy that they want you to be. Yeah, so because I've seen a lot of people like that, right? Like, I mean, uh, you finish engineering, then you uh, get a job, or you go abroad to study again, and then you try saving up for your. Future home, you Correct. get married, then your kids have to go to school. Correct. So you have to fund their education. You have to save up for that. Right. So a lot of dreams in the world have been curtailed because of planning for the future. Okay. Right? No. And the beautiful part about life is you don't know what's going to happen next moment. Correct. Which we fear the most. You okay. Know? Uh, so we always think about tomorrow, 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 and we don't live, live the moment. Today. So I always said instead of doing that, let's live the moment. You know, because whatever right. is in the future is not in my hands. Whatever is in the past is not in my hands. Correct. But this moment, I have a control over it, and I'm enjoying it. So I got to cherish it to the hundred percent and live the moment. So right. that's how I approach life. Right. And I think that's a fantastic philosophy to live by. I think life is a dot, according to me. I never uh, saw it more or less than a dot. Okay. But we've drawn that concentric circle around the dot. Right. But we've drawn multiple layers. Where we said that, uh, so we have to think about future. We have to save up. We have to have good degree and stuff, which was not something that I want to do. Okay. I said life is dot. Then the dot is basically living the moment. The okay. moment is a dot. So it worked out good, mm-hmm. and uh, I hope it worked out good. But yeah, <laughs> being where I am and happy about it. Right. So uh, was there uh, a moment in your life when you decided that you know traveling is what I wanted to do? I still haven't decided that. <laughs> I think that's the beauty of life. Uh, uh, I still don't know. I I am doing it because I like doing it. Okay. And I'm happy doing it. Okay. If I'm going to do this for the next hundred years, I don't know. 
okay. if you're going to do this for the next 10 years, 10 years, I don't know. If you're going to do this for the next 10 days, I don't know. Okay. The answer is basically you call me one day and ask what I'm doing. And uh, I'm as of today, this is what you're doing. I'm, I'm here, I'm doing it. I've been doing this for the past 12, 11 months now. Okay. Happy in this space. Simple. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, were, were you also traveling a lot as you were growing up? I, uh, as a family, we never did. I think uh, we're very individualistic sort of ideas in okay. As a family, we are together. Family, when I say it's me, mom, dad. Okay. It's a very close bonded family. Okay. We are all very independent in okay. terms of doing what we are doing. Mom also works, dad also works, and I also I also have been working now. Okay. But uh, the thing is, when I was growing up, mom used to go really early in the morning at six o'clock or something, and used to come back at like nine o'clock. Okay. We used to eat dinner and used to go to sleep. Okay. I've never seen dad when I was growing up a lot of times because he used to travel a lot. Right? Okay. So I I had a, I never had a chance to like sit with him and have a conversation sort of thing. Mm. You know, because he was outside the city or outside the uh, state for like a long time. Okay. So during this whole process, uh, I, I didn't have a choice but to travel alone. So okay. I started traveling alone when I was seven, uh, when I was thirteen. Wow. Uh, yeah. I was, I get claustrophobic during holidays, so I just stepped out to ran, took a random bus to a random city, went around and saw everything. I think that's when the travel bug bit me. Okay. And before that, if you have to date back, huh. I used to have a tricycle. I used to go from my house to my grandparents' house, just like the next lane. Right. So biking from that. Biking yeah. from that time, I think. So <laughs> I used to be happy doing it. People used to look at me and they used to be happy. Okay. So I think subconsciously it kind of hit me saying that, you know what, I'm just enjoying myself and people are actually happy looking at me enjoying myself. Correct. Right? And that kind of changed, I think, the whole thing. You know, you got to be happy and enjoy. Correct. But looking at your happiness, other people should be happy. Correct. So I want to spread happiness that way. Hmm. So I started doing it too. That, if you have to talk young, I think one and a half years, two years was young. And then 13 <laughs> years was the next young. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, what about your trips after that? After that was uh, Lay. Lay was uh, first year of college. College gave a month and a half semester break. Okay. Didn't know what to do. Get claustrophobic again. So took a random train to Delhi without telling anyone. Nobody okay. knew. Only one friend who came to drop me all the way to the station notes and uh, went to Delhi. Called my parents from Delhi PCO and said, "I'm in Delhi and uh, I have no clue where I'm going, but I'm off for one month. And okay. I don't have a mobile phone. I don't have a laptop. You can't contact me. Is it okay?" Uh. Parents say there's something called informing and there's something called asking permission. When you are informing as you're not asking permission. It's cool. Might as well go. Okay. I had 10,000 rupees in my pocket. I uh, had a debit card. So whenever mm. I used to withdraw money from my account, my mom used to get a message. Correct. So that's how she kept track of me saying where I am, which part of the world I am. Okay. I had no clue where I was going. I had, I didn't even know what lay was, Ladakh was and stuff. I was, okay. just took random buses, kept going as north as I can. Okay. I thought I can go to China. Uh, okay. That's how I think it all went. Uh-huh. And uh, suddenly ended up in lay people spoke about it and everything. Went there and uh, yeah, so that that is a one month trip where I did a lot of things. I was wandering. I got lost in a couple of mountains. I slept nearby the riverbeds. I wrote my first Enfield in the mountains. Okay. And uh, worked as a salesman in a mechanic shop and uh, wow. got interrogated by uh, the army. People. Oh, is it? What yeah. did they ask? No, I got lost in a mountain and okay. I was supposed to. I had no clue where I was going. Two days in the mountain, I was just sleeping by the riverbeds uh. in the open sky. I was tired, hungry, everything. Uh. So I kept walking and I was in the back side of the army camp. military base camp. Okay. Right? So nobody should go there. It's a restricted area. Correct. I came, came around somewhere and they took me inside and interrogated me saying, Who are you? You look uh. like a terrorist. No? Like all, all this stuff. <laughs> With the beard and everything. Yeah, I said, I'm very hungry. Give me food and then I'll talk. So uh. they gave me food. They were very sweet. They gave me food. Then they had to do the background check and stuff. So they went and spoke to my parents. They uh. a phone as a friend and stuff. Uh. It worked. And then, um, so yeah. They gave me bus tickets, prize and all, uh, cash and all. And oh! Yeah, I didn't have any money. I had to walk all the way. I said, I can't do all this thing. You basically give me money. So they gave me money. <laughs> I uh, also spent uh, a, a night having dinner conversation with a bunch of smugglers from Netherlands. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I really loved that too. So, yeah. 
All this is in the Lake. Kashmir. Lake. Kashmir Lake and uh, that sort of region. So, okay. Yeah, that happened. And then I came back and uh, society asked a question saying, what do you want to do now? You know, you're Correct. back now. How's your career and stuff? Really didn't have any clue of how I'm going to do it. Uh, but after that, I said I should not travel because I need to like get the fume or the fire keep running in. Because okay. you do this weekend ride or you go in the middle of the week. So you were in Leh. I was in Leh and uh, we are sorry for that small interruption. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> we just jumped from one side to the other side of the table. But uh, yes, I was in Leh wandering, having dinners with a bunch of smugglers and stuff. Okay. So, But didn't they like harm you or did they... They were smugglers. There, there was nothing yeah. to smuggle from me. No. <laughs> I should have anything to at least take from me. I didn't have anything. And I think that's the thing. When you have everything, that's when you have fear. You know? Right. You have clothes of money in your house. Uh-huh. You, know, you can't get sleep because you always think about who's going to take it. But being a guy who doesn't have one rupee, if, if someone is going to come to my house, I'll go and search with him for money in my house. You know? That's what I would love to do. So, so the fear was never, definitely now there. Okay. Uh, I think as, as a society, as a human, we are conditioned to have fear. Right. Of fellow humans. Mm. We should not be having that. Right. So, I didn't have fear. And I, I enjoyed it. I like to sit with them and talk to them. Understand okay. why they are doing what they are doing. Okay. And smugglers, what they smuggle? They smuggle cocaine into Pakistan or whatever. Okay. Know? And they got caught and they were arrested in jail or whatever. Okay. So that's sort of thing. I can't give details because someone is going to come and ask me tomorrow, like, who are these guys? <laughs> Identify them and all. I don't remember them. Okay. <laughs> for the record. For the record, I was not part of that. <laughs> right. Yes. But uh, yeah, that's that's how things were. Yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, what you are? You were also telling us that you came back and then society asked you the question that you know what are you going to do now? What is it doing now and stuff? Uh, I never had an answer, so I started my own NGO because I, I really wanted to give something back to society. Okay. It's what called, does it do? It's called Unity of Youth. Uh, okay. So we have like a bunch of schools around in and around Bangalore where my co-founder has schools and we put underprivileged kids into education and stuff. Okay. So and we have do, do a lot of other social campaigns and activities also. Wow. So just I started back then and after that I started my company. Okay. But, uh, yeah, during this whole time, there's no travel. I think from 2013 was my last trip that I came from Bangalore to Mumbai. Okay. And I rode because I wanted to drink Starbucks coffee. Okay. Because Starbucks was launched only in Mumbai and it was not in Bangalore. Correct. So a friend of mine who studies in Jay, Xavier, kept calling me and saying, dude, Starbucks coffee and all this stuff. I got uh. pissed. Uh, he <laughs> takes the credit for that one trip that I took. Right. And uh, went back. And uh, after that, no trip. So three years of no travel at all times. Okay. But uh, I enjoyed my life. I mean, society kept talking. Society is like that dog that keeps barking at you but uh, you never know, look at it and say why are you barking you know, right. it can't answer it's still going to bark right so for me i just kept it as barking and didn't consider it or didn't take it any further okay. i was happy being who i am and what i am and i just lived what i was doing yeah okay okay and so uh, so you've completed your graduation and yeah, yeah i'm not the dropout and nobody <laughs> should drop out because uh, i get this question a lot okay it's the, it's the most interesting question that you asked me today is because <laughs> Everyone asks this uh, one thing saying that, oh, I want to travel and I know that I'm going to be a traveler. Uh, so I want to quit everything, everything that I'm doing and I'm going to just go travel. Okay. Right? And people give example of two people. Okay? Okay. One is Steve Jobs, the other one is uh, Bill, Bill Gates. Gates. Okay? You are not Steve Jobs or Bill Gates. Okay. <laughs> First thing. Second thing, you have to enter Harvard to basically quit. Okay? These guys didn't quit in like on lo- local college. <laughs> they got good marks, they went to such a big college. And once again, right. the education is not something that was like challenging them. That's why they did that. Correct. Right? It's not the other way around. Where uh, I didn't get edu- I was not good at study, so I will become traveler. That's not that's not the way you should do it. Correct. And uh, the most important part of it, I mean, being funny and everything, uh, your parents have invested on you, not money, but uh, I'm not talking about the monetary value of it, but they have invested their life on you. Correct. You know? They're living today and earning today or doing whatever they're doing today is just for you. Correct. 
and you should not take that for granted and you should not you should at least it's your responsibility or basic duty to keep them happy you know okay so they should be happy with what you're doing if they're not i mean if you want to really do something hmm. i'm pretty sure you can convince them because at okay. the end of the day they want you to see happy the way they see their life is different different from how you see it Correct. because the generations are different Correct. but if you really can convince them that's when you can have to step out and do it there's no point of rebelling against that and stuff right but if you really really want something in life you are definitely there to go and convince them. if you can't then you should not you're not really you really don't want that okay so i feel it. okay so yeah education is something that's a must you got to complete okay uh, at least the graduation graduate degree I, i don't know what it is but anything just study i mean just, just do something <laughs> at least keep basic knowledge i mean go to college meet people uh, speak different language you know in, improve your communication skill right L- listen to more music play more guitar or you know go play more football watch games you know right. play games right. do all these things you know college is not about just the books it's a it's an it's an environment it's, a, it's an institution it gives you Correct. a lot of more things Correct. and you can't experience that life anywhere else in your life you're going to regret it in the next 20 years if you didn't do a college right might as well do it right got it yeah. i think that's that's fantastic advice <laughs> given that it's not advice and i'm only 22 what i'll give advice to you guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not advice and all that's a fantastic thing to say right like people generally uh, they get carried away with the whole you know i have a startup why should i study yeah, yeah. or you know i'm following my passion why should i study yeah. everything will work out everything will definitely work out i, I give that to everyone but right. at the same time i mean it's not just you it's a bunch of other people who have lived their life for you, you know? correct before doing anything stupid in your life basically think of them correct know? if and just keep going with it i mean if, if your heart still says that i have to quit and keep you know this follow my dream uh-huh. there is no one to stop you know, right. can still go and do it i mean I, i can't be the guy who says that if you know yourself better correct so i think that's how i see it that's that's a good thing to say i feel that and uh, that's what people need to hear at this point of time and uh, so uh, what you were telling us about your company and uh, how that led to the sponsorship of your trips uh company was a crowdfunding platform okay. and uh, we did a crowdfunding campaign for travel Okay. And, uh, one fine day I woke up and I gave it all my shares to my co-founder and said I'm traveling. Okay. He was happy and then sponsors came on board by looking at the number of crowdfunding money that I got. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. I think uh, that's that's fantastic. So uh, uh, can you tell us about your journey this year? Where all where all you've been? This year has been I've not been home. Uh, my mom counted the days num- number of days I've been home. <laughs> so I don't know today what number. So it's been 320 days or 330 days in the year. So we technically have like 45 50 days this for this year to get over correct and uh, out of the 320 days i've stayed home i've stayed away from home for uh, 310 days oh wow so yeah 10 days including bangalore and chennai okay, okay. so yeah that's how many days home uh, indian trip was 150 days okay travel around the length and breadth of the country after that was southeast asia did eight countries okay this whole uh, trip okay so uh, how do you figure out your accommodation how do you do your figure out your food i know you're really extremely low maintenance yeah, so yeah I, I, there is no maintenance also so <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, i think uh, in india i kept this uh, unwritten rule uh, saying that i can sleep wherever i can i find a six foot place to sleep right? okay so i kept whenever i go to a city i just ask a bunch of people is there someone to host me there uh, a lot of people to host me more than one people almost all the cities okay whenever i didn't find a host i slept in petrol pump police station bus stop railway station even when i didn't find that i used to knock down people's door and say hey hi i'm so and so this is what i'm doing can i find a place to sleep okay they were happy and uh, they hosted me that happened like 10 times in india okay after india when i went to other countries uh, there were a lot of hostels to stay in and stuff so okay. that was much more easier for me 
so stayed in hostels and other things. Okay, okay. But uh, I think uh, you know, going back to one of the points you made that fear is conditioned and we grow up with fear. But it doesn't seem like you know uh, you, you seem pretty unfazed in this entire journey. And uh, or was it like a stage where you had extreme fear and you just grew out of it? I don't know. Uh, I don't think. I mean, I can't say that I don't have fear. But, okay. Uh, I don't see fear as fear. I think that's how I see it. the definition of fear for you is totally different. I, or the whole world is different for me. Is different. Okay. For me, fear is something that would want me to go do something. Right? Okay. So I have fear of waters. Okay. That's the only thing that puts me onto the sea and makes me sail or swim. Or whatever I do. Okay. I know that I'll, I'm going to drown, but okay. I love the fear. That's why I go into it. You know, okay. I like to, I take fear as a challenge. Okay. I have fear of heights, but the okay. roads that I've traveled these days, uh. you'd be laughing at me when I say that I have fear of heights. <laughs> I have fear of riding at night or riding alone. Okay. I really have. And, oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, but yeah, I think I've made fear as a part of my life. I've, okay. More like what Batman says, right? You know, why he took bat as a symbol is because his yeah. enemy also wanted to become fear the same thing that he was fearing. Right. He took the fear as a symbol. So I, right. think I took fear as a symbol too. So, yeah. The right inspiration, I feel. Always watch good movies. Yeah. <laughs> from Batman, Bruce middle Lee. of the night, yeah, don't watch other movies. Yeah, watch Batman. <laughs> Batman, Bruce Lee, and then extremely well grounded and well connected to your parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, if someone has to make a movie about my life, also like all these guys would play a huge role. My parents and Batman, Bruce Lee. But for me, I think I I picked the right movies, or I saw a movie and picked up the right things from them. Okay. So that's how it works. Okay, okay. Because uh, I think people will just, you know, just see it for what it is. They'll not derive meaning out of it. Definitely. They'll just see the entertainment value in it and just move uh, on. Correct. No, uh, I think uh, that's an interesting point because these days when I see people who watch a movie, they don't see it for entertainment. Okay. They see it for as a critic, right? Okay. We come and say the sound design is little less or like cinematography is cool. Uh-huh. I didn't even know what cinematography is. Okay. <laughs> I thought cinematography is also about cameraman. I, I really didn't know the difference and all. But nowadays, when people talk about movies and everything, they talk as if like they are, you know, the sorcery of filmmaking. Correct. But we have become pros at everything. We have become really good at criticizing uh, things. But uh, I enjoyed film. I, I still love films. I watch because for the pure fun of fun of it. Okay. Also reading books. So these two kind of like help me. Okay. Keep, so keep yeah. is there uh, if, if there's one thing that uh, you know you you want people to do who are uh, you know chasing their passion or who are in the process of uh, wanting to pursue what they want. What is that? Uh, what is the one thing you would tell to these people? Listen to your heart. I think that's the only thing that I tell myself. Uh, okay. Everything else can come. Uh, but knowing where your heart is, knowing what your heart is saying, is not an easy skill to acquire. It right. takes a lot of years of conditioning to do that. Right. But listening to the heart makes you guides you to the right direction. You know? Okay. You won't talk about success and failures, and you won't talk about uh, the materialistic things. Then okay. you'd, you'd be in a very different zone, and it's an experience to experience it. So I think one thing to the young people who are following the dreams is to listen to your heart and follow the heart. Okay. That takes you the right direction. Okay. I think that's it's not an advice, but I think that's how I see it. Okay. But uh, do you also feel that uh, you know people will just start something but not give it enough time and then uh, you know give up on it too easily before they start something? Else? It's good. It's good to do that. I, I've done that. My dad always used to tell that do uh, I pick up something and never used to you know, finish it. it. Finish it or does right. it for a long time. Right. You know? And that's good because uh, I was not, I'm still not master of any trade. Okay. But I'm, I'm kind of like jack of all. Okay. Which is good, in my opinion. Okay. I mean, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. At the end of the day, as, as a human mind, we are, we are mount, bound to be monkeys, right? We keep <laughs> jumping up and down from one thing to the other. Right. So we can't be stable at one thing. I okay. really love to say people should be focusing, people should be uh, very, very determined and oriented. Right. But it's okay. It's okay to basically jump, it's okay to quit, it's okay to fail, it's okay to do anything that you feel doing it. Right. Now, I'm not glorifying failure. I'm, I'm being very clear here. I'm, okay. I'm saying that 
for me failure is good i'm okay. here today sitting and talking to you is because of my failure not because of my success right Correct. but it may not be the case for everyone right? Right. for me i had the circumstances such that a way that failure was happiness for me okay so i see that way but the way i see now what i want to tell people is that just do it's okay you mm. do something you didn't find interest in that at the age of 18 you say you want to become a chemical engineer without even knowing what chemical engineering is all about exactly yeah. and you want to quit in between hey, right. i get it i get why you're quitting it why so it you makes total sense it makes total sense at the age of 35 you're still confused in life right. there is nothing to be wrong about it you know right. it, it happens you know right. we're not it's life is not a math problem to solve it <laughs> you know? we should not be sitting here and breaking our heads of how to solve life or how to do all those things right just live life If something gives you happiness, do it. If it's not giving happiness, go do go do something that gives you happiness again. Okay. I'm not telling you to chase happiness, uh, which a lot of people do. Okay. Try feeling it. Okay. But just inculcate or be happiness. You know, you be happiness. Right. Be an right. ambassador for happiness. Right. I think uh, what you're essentially saying is be yourself. Don't try to follow others' dreams or whatever it is. Yeah. Just listen to your heart. No true. matter whether you fail or whether you don't, just keep continue doing it. True, because I think you have your own story. I have my own story. Right. And uh, the way I have brought up, and way you have brought up, and what you what future holds for you, and what future holds for me, is two different things. Right. So you can't come and look at my shoe right now and say, "Oh my God, you have this," and right. I can't do the same thing for you. Right. Might as well live your life to the fullest, because you have one life, and there is no one else can live it for you. Exactly. Only you have to live it. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's fantastic advice. It's yeah. been uh, like a great conversation with you, Rohit. I just wanted yes. to thank you again for your time. It's a pleasure, dude. I mean, I'm so sorry for being late here, but at the same time, I'm really happy that I did this. Yeah, who is listening to this show? Thank you so much for patiently being here. I'm pretty sure you're not going to be there till thirtieth minute. But yeah, if you're, if you're still listening, that first thing is you're you're, not, you're pretty jobless in life. You should get a job. Don't <laughs> just follow your passion. Yeah, just yeah. Not thirty minutes of a podcast of two random people. Not a good option. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for listening to this show too. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Rohit. Yeah.